0: Badminton is more than a backyard sport. In fact, it is considered the second largest sport in the world, although there is definitely some room for growth in the United States. This summer, para-badminton will make its Paralympic debut in Tokyo. So this week, we are chatting with Amy Burnett, a member of the U.S. para-badminton team, to discuss the sport and how to grow it. Amy is the first wheelchair athlete on Team USA and has represented the United States in competitions across the globe, including at the Am Games. Amy, so tell me a little bit about how you got into badminton.
1: Um, hi, thanks for having me. Um, getting into badminton was a little bit different than some of the other sports that I've participated in my my sporting career, I guess you could say, because I didn't know where to find it. I saw it, um, I saw able Bodies playing um, in the Olympics and was very curious as to, was this a sport that they had for wheelchair athletes, so I kind con- contacted the World Badminton Federation and they supplied me with the name and telephone number of the director for USA Badminton. It was that difficult to find back then. Um, I had to reach out to Europe to get a phone number for someplace in the United <laughs> States. Um, <laughs> strange roundabout way of doing it, but I found it, called him, got in contact with him. He told me um, where to play. You've interviewed him. It was Steve Kearney. Um, told me where I could go and play. He sent me a couple of rackets Um, I came from um, just coming off of the back end of playing wheelchair tennis. So I was familiar with playing with a racket. Um, And that was kind of the start of it all. My first lesson was at a club in um, Miami, Florida. Um, I haven't been back there since, but (laughs) now I know most of my coaches and training are um, on the West Coast. So um, I tend to go there to train, but That was sort of um, my interest. I saw it and thought it looked phenomenal. I, as a tennis player, liked to volley from the net, and it looked like a lot of volleying. Um, So I was curious and found it and been happily
0: ever after so far. And so was it because of your background in tennis that made you even want to seek out the sport to begin with?
1: Um, Like most kids that grew up in the United States, you know, PE had badminton every so often. So I had played it before and really enjoyed it. My parents actually bought um, a net and set for me and my siblings to play um, to get us out of the house pretty much um, in the summertime. But um, you know, you just associate badminton with a lot of fun um, in the United States. It's not as competitive as it would say in, in Asia. Um, so, you know, you think of the family reunions and, um, that type of stuff where you're just having a lot of fun anyway, and then you're getting to play this game for fun. So there's a lot of good feelings that come, um, across when you think of badminton. So, um, it was just something that I thought, you know, maybe I could do that. Let me give it a try.
0: You know, I I love that analogy, uh, because, you know, I know when I talked with Steve, he talked about that, that badminton is not a big sport in the U.S. Mainly, again, as you said, uh, from a competitive perspective. But you're right. I mean, you know, thinking about growing up, we played it in our backyard. It was a backyard sport. It was a family kind of gathering. It was a beach. You know, if you get if you went to the beach, if it wasn't volleyball, it was badminton. You know, it was so I'm, I'm glad you made that connection for me. That's awesome. So you have discovered a club in Miami. Um, how long did you play there?
1: I just went down there and was there for a weekend just to see if I felt like investing myself into it. And I did. I really liked it. I liked the guy that I met there and um, had a lot of fun, but um, it was just a weekend.
0: Okay. And and so then um, you, you obviously decided you liked it. And then what was your next step after that?
1: Um, Very conveniently for me, I live in an RV seven months of the year and so had already been traveling um, to the West Coast and to Arizona um, prior, I mean, three or four years prior to me having an interest in this. And there's a club in Mesa, Arizona, which is actually where I stay. Um, So it was just a random chance occurrence. Um, And so um, the Arizona Badman Club is where I spend most of my time playing and training. One of my U.S. coaches is there. One of my teammates is there. Um, and I just absolutely love it. When I'm not on court working, um, you can find me behind the desk, or I'm usually there six or seven hours a day.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> and um, was that club – you said you had a coach and a, and a teammate there, so that, cl- that club already had – uh, athletes with disabilities that uh, you know that that they worked with and um, that you know was was part of the program.
1: Yeah, so um, Richard um, Alcarez, one of my teammates, and I think you're going to interview him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: he is a single leg amputee, and he had been playing there a little bit. I, mean, I think he started roughly around the same time as I did. Um, and he comes from a wheelchair sports background as well. He's played basketball and a few other things. So he has a sports chair. So every now and then he'll bring his chair and hit with me. But mostly I train um, with people that are not in chairs because I'm the only wheelchair player in the United States.
0: I remember Steve telling me about that. And and um, what what do you think? Why do you think that is?
1: Um, it's. Well, it's relatively new. And then there's not funding for us athletes yet. And there are no tournaments in the United States. So Mm -hmm. um, you can figure from what I just told you that it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. But uh, I love it. I love what I'm doing. Um, I have a huge passion for it. So I feel like, um, you know, a lot of people invest their monies in vacations and I'm investing my money in
0: Trips to tournaments, <laughs> which are which can be vacations, at least at least they from can. time to time, right?
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> and besides the affiliation with fun, um, what what is it about the sport that you that 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 uh, attracts you to it?
1: Um, one thing that's really been a kind of a, a beautiful surprise is the other athletes. Um, this is a very close knit group of people. Um, Almost all of the athletes know who all of the athletes are. And there are so many different categories that you have friends that have disabilities that I've never seen before, um, or had the, you know, the unique experience of getting to know people with tons of disabilities. So for me, it's just a huge group of people that Absolutely, just adore each other. I mean, when we're on court, we forget that we like each other for a few <laughs> minutes. <laughs> but as soon as the game is over, um, uh, you know, I I I got the chance to play at the Pan Am Games, and my very first match was with the girl who won the gold medal, and she was also my very first friend in pair badminton. So to mm. lose to her, it was kind of a bittersweet moment. I was so happy that my friend. Um, I had won that match, although on the flip side, I was so angry that (laughs) I had not won that match. But um, my feelings for, you know, the happiness for her definitely outweighed the sad moment I had for myself.
0: And do you play uh, just in singles, or do you play in either doubles or mixed doubles as well?
1: I play singles, doubles, and mixed doubles. So that's been kind of the... A unique thing for me because I'm always constantly calling some other country to see if they have a spare. (laughs) Did you bring one extra (laughs) that (laughs) I can possibly borrow for a little while? And it is that's, I think that's one of the reasons um, I know myself that I've gotten to know a lot of the other players because I've. I've actually gotten to train with them or if there's a tournament, I might go a couple days early and hit with my doubles partner at their club and then get to play with them. I'm trying to pick up a little bit of lingos from different countries. I mostly play with um, Brazil and um, Italy. Mm-hmm. So um, Portuguese and Italian. <laughs> you think they're the same, but no, they're not. <laughs>
0: I feel that way sometimes with Portuguese and Spanish, even. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and uh, so, tell me the di- the difference, at least for you, in terms of playing, obviously as a single athlete against just one other athlete, and playing uh, when you have another teammate. And what what's the difference between those two types of matches?
1: Um, I do seem to fare better when I do play doubles, especially if I have a partner who's extremely uplifting and doesn't dwell on every negative thing that, you know, comes out of a game. Luckily matches don't last extremely a long time. So it's not like a basketball game that you're going to be there for, you know, an hour or so. Um, most, most matches are roughly under 30 minutes. Um, and so, uh, they're quick paced, they're very fast. Um, and I just I really like playing doubles. Um I like to give positive um things and receive positive things. So it can be a beautiful thing. Um, even if you lose, and you know, a lot of them know when they play with me, because I'm new to the sport, that and the chances of us winning aren't as great just yet um, as if you were to play with somebody from let's say Japan. Um, they've been playing um, since they were in the womb, most of them, because uh, it's a very, very popular sport. I don't know if you know this or not, but badminton's probably the second largest sport in the entire world.
0: I didn't know that.
1: It's very popular. <laughs> yes. And so, um, you know, it's just been a lot of fun. It, I do feel more pressure on myself when I play by myself. Um, but I am the only representative for our country. And so I take it very seriously when I'm on court. Um, I am a representative of the United States and I want a medal um, tremendously. I train really hard and I spend quite a bit of funding getting to where I'm going and paying my coaches. So um, I do um, put a lot more stress, I think, on myself when I do play alone.
0: And you just mentioned training. So, what what do you do uh, in order to train to to play that to play the sport of pair of badminton?
1: Um, I it's it's been the <laughs> so unique because I train out of three different clubs predominantly: um, Arizona Badminton Club, the Manhattan Beach Badminton Club in um, California, and then Frisco Badminton Academy in Texas. And at all three of these clubs, I train with children. Mm. They are roughly my height. And so the shuttle um, comes at the same type of trajectory as it would playing a person in a chair. And when I say I play with children, these are not normal children. (laughs) (laughs) These are elite children who will be representing our country one day, Especially there's a boy in Frisco who just turned seven and he just obliterates me (laughs) on the court. So it's so fun to be... be representing um, the United States and these kids getting to be around somebody in a wheelchair because most kids really aren't. Um, So I'm trying to teach them something and they're teaching me stuff. And we have an amazing time. I love all of these kids that I get to play with and I'm learning so much from them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then um, besides playing with uh, younger kids, what, uh, like, do you have, do you spend certain time doing cardio? Do you spend certain time doing, you know, in the gym doing, you know, strength conditioning? What What other things are required of you to to play the sport?
1: Um, I do. I do spend a lot of time at the gym. When I said that, um, when I'm at the clubs, I'm there roughly six hours a day. That's not an exaggeration. I usually go and I stay. Um, I have my private lessons in the morning, and then after my private lessons, my coach has me doing pushing drills. Um, Nobody loves to do pushing drills, but um, they do pay off in the end. So I do those. And then I, I am um, in the gym also weight training and doing cardio. Um, spent a lot of time um, this year, not in the gym, but doing a lot of weight training and cardio with the Move United um, group. I was introduced to a lot of different um, forms of um, home athletics. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this year and it's it, it's been amazing. I didn't really I was super lucky that I had um free weights and equipment to use at the house already. Um and so I, I've been incorporating you know things that I would do in a gym here in my living room.
0: Yeah, and definitely during a, the pandemic it's <laughs> what everyone has to do right now. Right. And and is it a is it a good is it like a 50 50 split between cardio and and strength training or is it 60 40 what's the what's the balance that you try to try to do
1: it probably more more 60 40 and i for myself i'm doing a bit more cardio than um, weight training um, because that's what i need um, i can tell that you know quickness on court would help me um a lot so i've been trying to slim down a little bit <laughs> and do as much cardio as I can to be able to be quick on the court.
0: Yeah, and I, I think um, that, that that's a good point because you're pushing, you know, multiple uh, multiple miles, I imagine, if you added it all up, you know, back and forth, back and forth and all okay. over the court. <laughs> right. And um, obviously the fact that it's a Paralympic sport for the first time uh, what is what is your expectation, or what is your, what is your goal? Um, you know, as as we gear up, hopefully for the, the Paralympic Games.
1: Um, my goal this year, I, I do not have my sights set on the Paralympics, um, just because it, it being a new sport to be introduced um, this this year. Um, they're only taking the top six players per category, and. The USA might get one person in. Um, There's still one um, qualifying tournament um, if they have it, Um, but it will not be me. (laughs) It will be a much younger child who started just before I did miles. And I think you might um, interview him as well. My goals are still set on um, trying to make worlds. Um, I made worlds once and Mm -hmm. I, had a great time. I'd love to do that again. So I'm hoping to get the invitation for that and then to get to go back to the Pan Am Games as well.
0: Great. And any, so any sights on a future Paralympics you think, or, or or are you kind of holding off on setting any, any specific goal like that at this point?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always an athlete's dream. Um, definitely a dream of mine. Um, I would love to make it there. Um, I'm also a realist, so I'm, um, about the start, um, getting certified to coach as well. I do know that um, I'm probably one of the most knowledgeable people on how to play this sport mm-hmm. um, currently, and I, I love coaching, so um, I do see myself going in that direction in the future. But for right now, I'm just going to keep doing what I can do to be the best that I can be, and hopefully it will get me to um, that stage. <laughs>
0: Well, and we we also need great coaches, and coaching is such an important uh, part of the sport and And uh, the fact that you already interact with kids, you know I can tell is yeah. is kind of indicative of of your interest and passion and and possibly coaching and and teaching you know other athletes and future athletes as well. So that's exciting. Can you talk a little bit about about how doubles are different than singles?
1: Yeah, I mean, in doubles, you obviously you start out on two separate sides of the court. Um, but once and you have to serve to a certain side of the court, but once play has started, it's no longer my side and your side. It's our sides and whoever can get there um, first, it's it's yours. Um, uh, there's a lot of switching and rotating back and forth um, because you know, this yours and mine makes great arguments <laughs> <laughs> you should have gotten
0: that that was yours
1: <laughs> it was on your side and I'm thinking but you were five feet closer to it <laughs> so, so yeah there, no. so
0: there's no strategy going into a match in terms of you know who has upper court or, or back quarter who has you know the left side of the court versus the right side of the court
1: right most wheelchair athletes we play side by side Um, Instead of one in front and one in back, like the able body or um, the standing players play um, just because our chairs don't move laterally and we move Uh forward and back. um, And but it is easy to cross courts. So um, and that is sometimes a strategy to um, switch places really quickly because they'll want to hit it to the weaker player. um, And so the stronger player might switch with the weaker player once the shuttle's in the air hmm. and that's, you know, and that's our strategy for attack as well. Um, attack the weaker player, of course.
0: Mm-hmm. And and you mentioned obviously your uh, familiarity and your comfortability with the racket. So tell me a little bit about, I know there are some differences in the racket. So tell me a little bit about the type of racket and the style of racket that you like to play with.
1: Um, I use um, a racket by a company called HL, it's an American-made racket, and um, two of my coaches um, are part owners in the company. So I felt like that was a great, a great way to, you know, show them thanks for all of the things that they've done throughout the years to make this sport um, grow in the United States. Um, they um, have both been elite athletes um, and played for our country, and um, I just felt. You know, being with them and then them being able to talk about the rackets that they've made and to compare them to, say, a Yonex racket. Um, somebody who's been playing twenty years might be able to tell a huge difference between one racket or the other. Um, but somebody who's been playing roughly, you know, the amount of time that I've been playing, I think I've been playing about six years now. Um, I it's not so much the racket as the strings that I can tell the difference. And if it's um, strung extremely tight, then I can definitely hit the shuttle um, a lot farther. Um, Then again, once it gets tighter, then getting it exactly where you want it to go becomes harder. So um, there's a little bit of give and take that you play um, when you're, you know, figuring out what's racket for you, because most rackets that are, High dollar, high end rackets come with no strings, and then you purchase the strings. It's just the same as tennis. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Learning how to play. There's also um, a towel grip or um, a, a stickier grip. Um, I use a towel grip. Um, my coach uses it, um, and it lasts longer when you're pushing off of your chair. Um, the stickier grip will tend to tear and not last as long. Um, but this is one called a towel grip. It's almost made out of terry cloth. Um, it, it really lasts for a long time. So just learning, you know, playing with all of the different things and learning what you like and what works for you because no, you know, no two people are the same. Um, I also wear rubber gloves when I play um, because I have more traction pushing with my hands. Um,
0: and, so and, and is that? Is that a norm, or are, I mean, do a lot of players wear gloves? Is that, and I'm and I'm asking because I know that, um, you know, we're always trying to trying to give advice or suggestions on what players need, either what equipment players need or or what they need to think about before they start a sport.
1: Right, only the wheelchair um, players really are the ones using the gloves, and it's pretty. It's just predominantly you can get a, a better push, especially because with this sport. And it's constantly push, stop, push stop. You're constantly having to stop your chair and then start from a dead stop. so I'm um, having that little bit of advantage does help with mobility.
0: And, and what advice or or recommendations or suggestions would you give someone that that's looking uh, or wanting to get into the sport?
1: Um, you know one of the things I, I'm currently on the board of USA Badminton, and I'm I'm on the um, Athletes Representative Council as well, and I think that with that council, it's a great way to um, reach out and get a hold of those of us who are enough in the know that we can help um, get things started. For example, I mean, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and we do not have a huge badminton community here. We We have a badminton community. It's just not huge. We don't have badminton clubs here. We actually, you know, share court time with basketball players or volleyball players. And um, if you if you have a way of reaching out to your athlete representative, they are the ones who are going to be able to help you um, find a club where you are. Um, and it's just one of our missions is to um, elevate badminton in all of the local communities, because, you know, this is a sport that's really predominantly played by the Asian or the Indian population here in the United States. And so I know that, um, for me to be able to train, I need to go where some of the bigger, better clubs are. So, and I wanted to learn from everybody. I didn't want to just say, I have my coach is from China. He's really good. I wanted to have somebody from all over so that I could incorporate lots of different things. So, um, my hitting partner in Frisco, Texas is from India. Um, I have an American guy that hits with me in um, Manhattan Beach. Finding different people from different communities um, has been nice because I'm getting to learn a lot from a lot of the different cultures that play. Um, and, And so if I were new and starting out, I think the first thing that I would do would be to type in USA Badminton. And then from that page, you can... See who your athletes' representatives are, and then give them a call. Even you know, because I'm I'm on I'm the para athlete representative. So, and there's two of us on this committee or on this council. So, you through us and um, through our for this through this council, you can um, definitely figure out where to go because most of these people have played for years and years and years. And so if you called and said you were in Chicago, they know the name of a club in Chicago and it happens to be where a lot of the para athletes train. So, um, for me, I mean, I think, and I would never knew that before, um, before I started playing badminton and then was put on some of these boards and councils. Um, I, like I said, contact in Europe. I really went a long way around, um, you know, the, the the hard way, I guess. Um, the nice thing is now I've, I've actually met most of the people that I was calling and talking to before because I play in Europe a lot. Um, and so we we kind of have it as a running joke that I first learned how to play badminton from Europe.
0: <laughs> 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 and, and you mentioned, um, you know, at the at the beginning of our conversation about uh, fun and just playing like in the backyard and family. Um, I, it's it, when you're at least getting into the sport, it's not a very expensive sport. Right. Because I think. Uh, you can get a racket and, and some shuttlecocks at a, at a local sporting goods store and just start playing. So it's not right. unlike some sports that are very expensive because of the type of equipment that's required, you know, skiing or, or, or those types of things. Yeah. So um, is that your experience? And do you have any other additional thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's been really nice because um, – I was at my mom's house and, you know, my sister ran to Walmart and bought a net. Um, I didn't have my rackets with me. So she bought a couple of really cheap Walmart rackets and we were playing in the front yard. It's been kind of nice. And, you know, one of those sports where there's not exact rules um, for an able body and a disabled person playing together. Um, It's one of the things that I hope to... um, help facilitate, um, in the United States so that I can play, um, at tournaments here, um, within our nation, And mm-hmm. um, like tennis, um, you get two bounces that, that is a, that is a rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, when I'm playing at the clubs and I play with the adults, obviously there's a huge advantage that the adult, the adults have on me. So one of the things that we've incorporated there is anything that comes before the first line is considered out, which is wheelchair play rules. So all of the first, I think it's almost six feet um, from the net to the first line, that's always out in wheelchair. So when I'm playing with um, just the regular members at the club, they allow that rule for me. And it, and it does help me become a little bit more competitive and it definitely makes it where they want to play with me. I mean, I they know that I can hit and that I can move and that I can play fairly well. But if I have to cover that extra spot, then it does um, limit me and it makes it where um, not a ton of people want to play with me because we'll, we'll lose all the time. <laughs> so I'm hoping that, um, you know, in my couple of years on this board, maybe that's something that uh, we can... Um, get figured out so that um, there can be more tournament play for wheelchair users in the United States. We have a lot of people, um, or not a lot. We have a few people that are amputees, but they can play anywhere. Um, And um, we have a lot of short stature players as well. And they, most of them also play on their high school teams. If they're in, like we have a kid in New York who plays on his high school team. Um, So I'm hoping to, um, just make it more inclusive for all disabilities and all ages. This is a, a really awesome sport where um, I do play with a group that are 80 and they're in their 80s. Um, and, I like, and I like to see the, the longevity of this sport. It's not as hard on my body as I was a basketball player for years. And you know, I've come to an age where I don't really want to be beat on and banged on. Um, and then tennis, I, I really loved to play tennis, but my disability level doesn't allow me um, to sweat. So when I'm outside and it's extremely hot, I have a huge disadvantage when I'm playing somebody who is an amputee. Um, but when I go to badminton, it's played indoors, and the classifications are closer to me playing somebody that is physically similar. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of reasons why I. I have picked this sport and I'm staying with this sport and not just playing it, but I've, you know, gotten myself on a few boards because I want to see how far we can get this sport to go and grow here in the United States. And I want to make sure that all of our athletes are um, represented and um, we get what they need and deserve.
0: I think, yeah. I think that the idea of inspiring inclusion and allowing for folks to play together is um, definitely a worthwhile endeavor that you're embarking on. so I, I uh, will be definitely cheering you on along along those ways, and if we can help in any way, you know feel free to feel free to re- reach out. I, the last question I have for you is you mentioned um, the six foot rule, the first line being out. Are there other uh, variations um, or differences between like, the, the wheelchair version versus the other couple classifications uh, that, that we've talked about already?
1: Yeah, the wheelchair, there's two wheelchair divisions and um, the courts are exactly the same. We play on half the court and that is with the um, the doubles line. Um, the front line, all the way up to the front line, is considered out. And in the back, there's a line, um, a, a box back there, and that is considered out in a serve. And once this game has started after the serve, that does become open. So it's half the court, adding the doubles line and shortening it, and then mm-hmm. shortening it until gameplay starts, and then making it longer. Um, that is also for um, one of the the SL. Um, three class um and it's you know that would be somebody more like um with cerebral palsy who would play standing who's having trouble moving side to side and they mm-hmm. would play the same court as me and then everybody else has the traditional um, regular size court
0: okay so yeah just depending on the on the classification might might um depend or or, or d- differentiate the type of court or size of court correct yeah Amy, anything else you'd like to mention in terms of the sport or your involvement with it?
1: I am desperately seeking a Devils partner. So if you are out there, um, please let me know. You can find me on the USA Badminton website. Um, I would happily come to you. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, that's definitely a good call to action for, uh, someone that's listening and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get you a partner sometime
1: i would i would absolutely love a partner
0: well thanks for chatting with us amy
1: thank you so much for having me